from John chapter about 13 onwards, the Lord Jesus is speaking to his disciples at the Last Supper, and uh, so he knows that he is about to, to leave. Uh, he knows he's about to, to be arrested and, and die on the cross, uh, be buried, and, and eventually after, uh, after, being, after being raised again for a while to go to heaven. And so he speaks many words of comfort to his disciples before that happens, and many of those words of comfort have to do with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so we'll read that from John chapter 14. We'll begin our reading at verse 15, and we'll read down to verse 31, the end of the chapter. So John 14, verse 15, where the Lord Jesus talks to his disciples and also to us, his, his disciples today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. And let us now sing one of the psalms that speaks about the work of the Holy Spirit in, uh, in creation and, and in this world and in our hearts. Psalm 104, stanzas 2 and 7.
Our Heidelberg Catechism summarizes the work of the Holy Spirit in Lord's Day 20, or begins to summarize the work of the Holy Spirit in Lord's Day 20. Uh, so I invite you to take your books of praise and turn with me to page 534. And you can see at the top of Lord's Day 20 that, the, uh, that the, this is beginning the section of the Apostles' Creed regarding God the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. And it asks in Lord's Day 20, question 53, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, he is together with the Father and the Son, true and eternal God. Second, he is also given to me to make me by true faith share in Christ and all his benefits, to comfort me, and to remain with me forever. And after we have heard God's word proclaimed, we will sing of the comfort that we receive from the Holy Spirit from Psalm 56, stanzas 1, 2, and 4. Beloved brothers and sisters, congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. How much do we need the Holy Spirit? How important is His work? We're all very familiar with how important is the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. How He makes us right with God by His death. He covers all of our sins, saves us from the wrath of God that is to come. But in our earlier service, we saw that eternal life is not just something for the future. It's something that is already here for the, all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so the, the work of the Lord Jesus is vital for our eternal life, but so is the work of the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit who works eternal life in us already now. By His sanctification, the Holy Spirit cleanses us from sin and makes us alive now. Now, the, the two have to go together. We can't separate, really, the, the work of the Lord Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. Without Jesus' cleansing work, washing, oh, clean, washing us clean from all of our sins, the Holy Spirit sanctification wouldn't work at all. It'd be like trying to use a, a small polishing cloth for cleaning your glasses to, to try to clean the mud off a pig. It's really just wiping the dirt around. The Lord Jesus' work needs to wash us completely clean from all of our sins. And then the Holy Spirit comes to work in our hearts now and to cleanse us from sin. Without the Holy Spirit, we would be still waiting for any benefits of Christ's death and resurrection. And this life would be a miserable life and we would be a miserable people because we would be still stuck in our sins, feeling hopeless and lost. But the Holy Spirit makes us alive right now. He gives us comfort. He works righteousness in our hearts. And so although this life is filled with sorrows and, and is nothing compared with the bliss of eternal life, through the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts, this life is no misery because we can live for God's glory. We can sacrificially live for others. And so we'll see how the Holy Spirit works for us already now. And we'll see three things about the Holy Spirit's work as we take them from our Heidelberg Catechism and from our text. We'll see how the Holy Spirit comforts us, makes us share in Christ, and remains with us forever. So firstly, we see how the Holy Spirit comforts us. This is listed second, 
Second in the list of three things in our Lord's Day about the work of the Holy Spirit or the benefit of the Holy Spirit for us. But we start with it first because it's mentioned first in our text. In chapter four, John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. And the word translated helper in our Bibles has a, a variety of translations. You can, uh, in my Bible here at least, there's a footnote after the word helper. And it says in the footnote, it says, or advocate or counselor. And this is because the, the word for helper is very difficult to translate into English. It's so difficult that some translations just give you the Greek word paraclete. But that's not particularly helpful if you don't know Greek. And so, uh, it's, it, yeah, it could be translated as counselor or comforter or helper or advocate. And in a sense, it, it means all of those things. Counselor, comforter, helper, advocate. The basic meaning of, of paraclete is someone who comes alongside another person. So in that sense, helper is a, a good a translation. When you are struggling and you need help, the person who comes alongside and, and helps you and supports you, that is a paraclete. But what sort of help do they give you? And that's where all the other words come in. Sometimes you're, you're struggling in life and you need help. Sometimes you're lost and confused and you need the advice of a counselor. Sometimes you're under attack and you need defense. Sometimes you're sad and lonely and you need comfort. And so the point is that whatever we are struggling with, whatever kind of difficulty we are in, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and he gives us the help we need. He helps us, he counsels us, he defends us, he comforts us. But notice how Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit very carefully in verse 16. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Another helper. So Jesus' point is, is that while he was on earth, he was the paraclete for his disciples. He was their helper and their counselor and their defender. And so when the disciples were, were struggling, he gave them help. When they were confused, he would speak to them and he would teach them. He counseled them with, uh, however, with all, the, all the things that God taught him to say. He defended them when they were under attack. He comforted them when they were sad, just like he is now doing in our text. In our text. But Jesus has just told his disciples that he's about to leave. He's going to die, and then he, after rising again, he's going to go back to the Father who sent him. And so, as when he is in heaven, he is still working for our benefit. He's there to prepare a place for us. He is still advocating for us in heaven at his Father's right hand. But he can no longer be their advocate on earth. But he will not leave them all alone. He will send another helper to be with his disciples on earth while he is away in heaven. And so the Holy Spirit does for us exactly what the Lord Jesus would do if he were still here on earth. And that's proved by verse 17 as Jesus keeps, continues to talk about the Spirit. He says, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. And these words sound very much like how Jesus himself was described in John chapter 1 when he came into this world. 
It says there that he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And so the Holy Spirit is comforting us by being what Jesus would be if he were not here, and he is exactly like Jesus is. The world does not receive Jesus. The world does not receive or know the Holy Spirit, but we do through faith. And so Jesus went away to heaven to do good for us, to work on our behalf, but we also didn't lose anything when he left. We still have the same comfort, the same counsel, the same defense, the same help from the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the way that we experience our Lord Jesus Christ in this world. In verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus has taught his disciples in this gospel that that he is their life, that in him they have life and they have it abundantly. And now he is going away. And and he, their life is going away, you might expect that would leave them with, with nothing. But he says, no, immediately when I leave, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And so he himself will still be there with us. And he says to them, yet a little while and the world will no longer see me because he is in heaven. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. And so his point is that we can still see Christ, even though unbelievers cannot because he's not physically present on earth, through the Holy Spirit spiritually. We can still see Christ. We can trust him so well, so completely, that it is as if he is still here with us. So how then does the Holy Spirit act as as our helper, our paraclete? Well, he counsels us as Jesus counsels us. And he does so, says our text, by teaching us exactly what Jesus taught us. Verse 25. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. So Jesus himself counseled his disciples much. But he says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so all the things that that Jesus would tell us if he were here are taught to us by the Holy Spirit. And And all the things that are written of Jesus Christ in the scriptures, these things are brought to our remembrance, are are brought to faith in our in our hearts by the work of the Holy Spirit. So what is it then that Jesus has really taught us? Well, as he says in verse 15, and as he repeats in, in great detail in these verses. His command is this, to love each other. If you love me, he says, you will keep my commandments. And so basically Jesus has taught us to to love him, to trust in him, and then to go out and to keep his commandments. And he repeats that again towards the end of our text, verse, verse 21. He says, he who loves me, or whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And verse 23 says something similar again. And so Jesus has taught us through his, through, through his word in the scriptures, and now through his Holy Spirit, that our task is to love him. And if we love him, that our task is to obey him. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. And so the Holy Spirit counsels us by teaching us Christ's commandments, teaching us to love him, to trust in him, and also to love one another. But the Holy Spirit does more than just teach us to love He also helps us to do so, helps us to carry Jesus' commandments out. And that's what we'll see in our second point. The Holy Spirit makes me to share in Christ. 
as I mentioned at the very beginning of our sermon, the Lord Jesus' work, main work for us, was of course to die on the cross for our sins. And so everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, as we saw this morning, will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so all who trust in Jesus Christ have salvation in his name. And it is the Holy Spirit who works that faith in our hearts. In verse 19, as we've seen, Jesus talks about how before long the world will not see me anymore because he's ascended to heaven, but we will see him spiritually through the Holy Spirit. And that's what faith is. Faith is to to see Jesus even though he's not here before our eyes. Faith is to believe and to, to truly know that he came down to this earth, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again for our deliverance. But he also does more than just die for us. He also adds in our text, he says, because I live, you also will live. And so Jesus did not just die for our sins, he also rose again to a new life, and he promises that new life to us. And that, in a sense, is a promise for for the future. One day we will receive full eternal life in, in eternal blessedness and bliss. But it begins already now, because we have the Holy Spirit working new life in our hearts. In the Gospel of John, John is fond of describing sin with words like blackness and death and lies. And so he talks about how sin is, sin is a terrible thing. Sin leaves us in, in blackness, in darkness, in, in misery, in suffering. And so if Jesus had left us and, and simply said, one day I will return and then I will, I will take away all of your sins, we would be a miserable people left in the, in the misery of sin, in the, in the blackness of, of sin and death. But he didn't. The Holy Spirit works new life in us already now. He, alre- he already now begins to clear the sin from our hearts, to get rid of that blackness and, and the lies in which we were born. And so we have new life. We have faith in Jesus Christ. We have obedience to God in our life, and it starts to pour in. But sometimes as Christians, we are tempted to, to downplay our, our new life, to, to talk about how we are conceived and born in, in sin and, and how all of our deeds are, are far from perfect. And in a sense, of course, that is very much true. We are far from the, the perfect life that God requires. But on the other hand, we do begin to live not only according to some, but according to all the commandments of God already in this life. And so there is a real light shining through us. And there is real work of God in our lives. Imagine your, your windows at home. You've, you've been away for a while or something and you're, it got really dirty and your windows are so covered in filth that, that no, nothing shines through. There, there's, no, there's no light anymore. And so the, the sun is shining brightly, but you can't, you can't see it. But you only then have to start cleaning a small patch of the dirt from your window before the sun's blinding rays begin to pour in. And so it is with us. By nature, we are covered in sin and we are deep in misery and we are so evil and despicable that, that even the, the small beginning of obedience which, which God works in our hearts in this life, it already makes a huge difference. We shine brightly amongst our unbelieving friends and neighbors. 
We have faith. We, we show love. We live sacrificial lives. We are alive, and they are dead. And what a difference that makes to have that beginning of obedience, to know what love is and to be able to love others, to have that the hope that the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, carry us through life and to be able to get through all of the hardships and the difficult things. And the Holy Spirit's work is also not just a beginning, but it also continues. It's constantly increasing. What begins as a, as a tiny patch of light when we are children or, or new believers grows and grows as the Holy Spirit continues to, to cleanse us more and more from sin and to work faith and obedience in our hearts. In verse 21, Jesus describes how this virtuous circle works. He says that if God loves us and gives us his spirit, then we love Jesus and obey his commands. And then he says, when we do that, when we love God, then God also loves us. And Jesus says, I will show myself to you. And Jesus shows himself to us by giving us his spirit. And so there's a circle there where God first works in our heart and gives us his spirit, and then we love God. And then God loves us more and gives us more of his spirit. And we grow and grow and grow in the Holy Spirit and in love for God. And uh, we are increasing. And so he explains that to Judas in verse, in verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And we might, you might hear that and think, how does that work when Jesus is about to leave? When he says he's coming to them and making his home with them. But of course, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself will live with us through the Holy Spirit whom he will send. And so one of the great joys of the Christian life is that the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ through the Spirit has made his home in us. And we can grow in godliness as we live our lives. In fact, we must be growing because the Holy Spirit is at work in us. And if he is, our love for Christ will increase and our obedience to his commands will grow. And so if you are not growing in obedience and in love for Jesus Christ through your life, you are going backwards. It is a sign that probably you have ongoing sin in your life that you need to repent of, that you must put to death. But this too, the Holy Spirit will help us with because he convicts us of sin. And so if you are floundering because of sin, if you are going backwards, then pray the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin and to bring you to sorrowful repentance. He alone can give you the strength to hate your sin and to fight its temptation. And so the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, works obedience, works love for Jesus Christ, helps us to hate and flee from our sins. And by doing so, he also gives us peace. And that's what we see in our third point. Holy Spirit remains with us forever. If the Holy Spirit were only with us temporarily, some of the time, he would not be much of a comforter. And we can imagine that by thinking of a, a human example. Often when we suffer loss or when we're struggling, people, especially our brothers and sisters in church, they're very good at, at, at helping and looking out for us. People send us messages of comfort or they do many things to help us. But as perhaps you've experienced, if you've struggled for a long time, people after a while sometimes tend to forget. 
It's human nature to, to kind of tune out the same struggles if we hear about them over and over again. Newer, flashier problems tend to grab our attention. It's not on purpose. We don't intend to. But we are often, as human beings, we're not very good at, at long-term support and comfort. But God is, is not like us. And so when Jesus promises that, that he will comfort us, and he promises that he will send a comforter, he also promises that he will never run out. He says in verse 16 that the counselor will be with you forever. Speaking of the Holy Spirit in verse 23, Jesus says, I and the Father will come and make our home with him. Unless you think it's a, it's a kind of temporary home, Jesus in verse 23 used the same word he uses in verse 2 to speak of the rooms that he is building in heaven for us. That's, that's how permanent the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts is. It's a, it, it's a permanent thing. And so the Holy Spirit is with us forever. And so he is a true comforter. He does not leave us when our struggles drag on and on. He does not even leave us when our sins and, and our sinful nature drags on and on. And we fight our sin and we fail and it goes over and over again. And so it is because the Holy Spirit is with us forever that we can truly have peace. As Jesus says in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Again, the world can sometimes seem like it offers us peace, but it tends to be temporary and therefore tends to be not that peaceful after all. And so Jesus gives us peace forever. What, does, what is peace? Well, peace in a biblical sense is the, the knowledge or the experience that, that everything is well right now. And you can only have peace when your hope and your joy does not depend on your external experiences. Because in an earthly sense, everything is not well with us, at least some of the time, maybe most of the time. Maybe we struggle with sickness. Maybe we have concerns or worries for the future. We always have, have something that is worrying that, that can take away our peace. But because our peace is in Christ, we have peace spiritually because we know that everything is well between us and God. And so we know also that all of our other struggles, all of our other hardships, God will end one day and he will carry us through. And so it is the Holy Spirit that works this peace in our hearts, peace between us and God. And therefore, we can begin to have peace in all of our life as well. And so the Holy Spirit assures us of eternal life, works faith in our hearts, and works love for God. And so that, that also can give us peace. When we might sometimes worry about whether God truly does love us or, or how sure our faith is, we can look at our life and we can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work, how he is working love in our hearts, how we can sacrifice for others. And so, brothers and sisters, you might wonder, well, what do I do when I don't experience that eternal peace in my hearts? Well, the Holy Spirit is God. And so you can pray to him and you can ask. Ask him to work peace in your hearts. Ask him to, to work confidence in God and assurance of eternal life. Pray that he will continue to work obedience in you so that you are able to do as Jesus commands and so know that you love him. Pray for strength to resist sin's temptation. He will surely do it. 
Because as our Lord's Day tells us, he is together with this Father and the Son, true and eternal God. And Jesus has also promised that whatever we ask in his name, he will give it to us. And he has promised us his Holy Spirit, and he has promised us that the Holy Spirit will work peace. And so a prayer that the Holy Spirit will work in us and will give us peace is a prayer that God will hear and will answer. And because the Holy Spirit is God, his, his work will be successful. And so when the Holy Spirit continues to work in us, we will more and more be able to resist sin and temptation, and we will continue to grow. Not necessarily, though, every day. We will have days of sorrow and anxiety where where that peace seems to grow less. We will have days of of sin where where we backslide, where we give in to our sinful nature, and we'll have to repent. And so, though on those days it might not be so evident that the Holy Spirit is work in our, working in our hearts. And we can't always see the Holy Spirit at work. In John chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus that the Holy Spirit's work is, is like the wind. It's invisible while he is working. But over time, after he has been working, we will be able to see the evidence of the Spirit's work in our life. And so over time, we can see how the Holy Spirit works obedience and peace and so on in our hearts. If not, again, we may well need to search our hearts and find sin that we ought to repent of. And so the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts is a a great comfort to us. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has made it possible for us to be made alive. Instead of living dead in trespasses and sins and misery, we can be alive through Christ. And it is the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts, working in us, who makes us alive right now. So already now, we can love and obey our Lord Jesus Christ and follow his commands. Especially, we can obey his command to love one another. And through the Holy Spirit, God the Father and Jesus himself dwells in our hearts. And so the Holy Spirit is our experience of Jesus Christ in this world. And he makes us share in all of Christ's benefits. And so, so the Holy Spirit comforts us in our sorrows. As we, as we struggle, as we grieve, the Holy Spirit comforts us by reminding us that God is with us, that God will work all things for our good, and one day all the sorrows of this world will end. The Holy Spirit defends us. He, he equips us for our fight against sin and gives us the power to defeat even the temptations of Satan. The Holy Spirit counsels us, teaching us all the things of God, reminding us what the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us while he was on earth, and also enabling us to be able to live these things out. And so by all this work of his Spirit in our hearts, our Lord Jesus Christ gives us peace. Not the peace of this world, but spiritual peace. Peace with God. Knowing that that God is no longer holding our sins against us, but his face is shining upon us with love. He gives us peace in our minds. As we are freed from anxiety about the future, we do not have to worry what will come because we know that God will be with us and he will sustain us through it all. And we have peace in our consciences as our sins no longer condemn us because we've been washed clean in the blood of Christ. And we have peace with one another, able to live lives of love, as much as depends on us living at peace with everyone because God has given us peace with him. 
And so, yes, our Lord Jesus Christ has by now gone to heaven and is no longer physically with us. Yet, in the Holy, through the Holy Spirit, we are not at a loss. Indeed, it is in fact for our good that he went away because the Holy Spirit is the other paraclete, our comforter, our defender, our counselor, our helper. Amen. Please rise if you are.